the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. We're back. Yes, we're back for another week. Pat yourselves on the back, actually. I would like to thank each and every one of you. I hope you're ready. It's Monday. We have a, a, a whole buffet of stuff to get to. Some of it weird, some of it interesting, some of it crazy, some of it silly, some of it disturbing. It's all kinds of things. And we will get to all of it. And I would love you to be a part of the show today. Since you're a part of it listening, you should be a part of it on the interaction end of it. Uh, in fact, uh, the phone lines are open, 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. Those are the Blaze Radio hotlines <laughs> if you want to join in the conversation. I'm also on Twitter at StuntBrain, at StuntBrain, all one word, S-T-U-N-T-B-R-A-I-N. And there is a vital question of the day. It's kind of the vital question of the week as we are considering this, this Senate bill on repealing and sort of replacing, sort of repealing Obamacare. And I want to know if you think it's going to go. If it's going to happen this week, do you think this bill can get through? Because I'm, I'm dubious. I actually am. And part of me, you know, Glenn was talking about the guy, um, the guy out of Iowa, Steve Dace, who is a radio talk show host, a very strong conservative guy who makes a really good point about the fact that uh, this Republican Party promised for years that they were going to get rid of this thing if we would just give them the controls, if we would just give them all the levers of power. And we lived up to our end of the deal. We got them the House. We got them the Senate. We got them the White House. And they what? So I asked the question earlier this morning, about four or five hours ago, the GOP Senate bill, will it pass? I didn't even put a timeline on it this week. You can go to uh, my Twitter account and, and vote. It's pinned at the top of my Twitter account. 19% of you believe it will. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? 19% of you think it will. 73% say no. I didn't even say in its current form. I, I basically said some kind of GOP Senate bill. 8% can't decide. I, I kind of counted myself in that 8% group for a while. But then uh, looking at it, I really think no. No, I don't, I don't think this is getting through. And when you have people like Mike Lee writing really clear, concise analysis of why, why he can't vote for it, unless it changes significantly, you can understand why that 73% of you are saying no. But isn't it interesting? 27% say yes or you can't decide. I put you in the kind of waffly area there. So we have, um, we have that going on. I'll update throughout the show. It's Monday, so that means Dr. Wendy joins us in the third hour to discuss some of the legal stuff. 
And boy, oh boy, have we had some legal stuff coming down the pike today. It looks like the Supreme Court is going to permit uh, part of Donald Trump's Muslim travel restriction to happen. And there's a there's kind of an interesting phrase in there that says the administration can bar those who lack a, quote, bona fide, close quote, ties to family or other U.S. entities. But the six nations that Donald Trump and the White House identified in the travel ban, apparently, based on what the Supreme Court has decided, those, those bans can go into effect until the case is heard and decided, which will happen, I guess, starting in October. So you have a little time until the decision is out, but you have no time. I wonder how quickly they will start putting these bans into effect. Can you imagine if it happens right now as of the, the moment this decision came out and you're on a plane flying here, will you be turned around? Of course, of course, the left-leaning media is looking for that story right now. A life-saving surgeon brought to America only to be turned away because of Donald Trump. We'll see. We shall see. So we got to get to that. If you were here on Saturday, on the Saturday morning show, I appreciate you for joining us again today. I have some updates to some stories. Saturday, we talked about the guy in Texas who put up the billboard telling ABC News that Russia did not elect Donald Trump, that he did. Uh, we had him on the phone, but we had technical problems. Hopefully, after all, uh, Doc had people on the phones this morning. Hopefully, we'll be able to get him on, on the phone and be able to hear and discuss and have an interesting discussion with, with Kyle, my new friend from just outside of San Antonio. And if you were here Friday and Saturday... Uh, we went off on a couple of stories out of Delaware, the tiny little state where this show originates, the constitutionally protected free speech bunker in the woods of Arden, Delaware. There were a couple of stories out of Delaware that I was railing about. One of them involved a state senator who was a little bit of a jack wagon. Okay, it was a lot of a jack wagon. He took a firearm through the airport in Maryland. He has a concealed carry permit, but that concealed carry permit does not allow you to carry a firearm onto an airplane. I don't care who you, well, if you're an air marshal, yeah, but uh, he's not an air marshal. They, they took his bag off the conveyor belt at the Homeland Security in the airport in Salisbury, Maryland, TSA went, uh, sir, can, can, we, can we talk to you for just a second? Do you know you have a firearm in your bag? Ooh, I forgot. Not only was it a firearm, it was a loaded firearm. And here's that double standard, that two sets of justice thing that gets us all so mad. He was allowed to continue. They, he had to miss his plane because they did interrogate him for a while. But he was allowed to continue his trip. And he ended up going to Louisiana. And uh, th there was basically no problem. Well, a lot of you raised some sand and talked about it online. 
and uh, he's now going to be charged with a felony. And I, I understand it's pretty harsh. He faces up to a maximum of 10 years in jail because of this charge. Maximum of 10 years in jail for this. And, and the unfortunate situation is that he was the dummy who made it happen. Now, he probably will get some sort of deal because he has no record. I don't know if it means he'll lose his concealed carry permit, but if you're putting a loaded firearm in a carry-on and trying to get on a plane with it, um, yeah, I think it's okay for you to lose your concealed carry permit. I don't think you should lose your Second Amendment rights, but I do think you, even if it's an accident, you should lose your concealed carry permit, at least for five years. Someone's going to have a problem with that. But as, as a gun owner, I can tell you where every gun I own is located. And I can tell you if it's loaded or not. And with reasonable accuracy, I can tell you how many rounds are in each firearm right now. I can tell you where the 22 is. I can tell you where both 9 millimeters are. I can tell you where the shotgun is. I can tell you where the the whole thing. All of it. So this guy to say it was a mistake, I didn't realize it. No, uh, you blew it, sir. And um, you're charged with a felony now. And I hope you get a good lawyer. I hope they cut you a break if you are truly sorry and this was truly a mistake. But uh, for you just to be let go and have no charges filed uh, is a proof that we actually have two systems of justice, those for the elected and privileged party and for the rest of us. The other story was about the professor at the University of Delaware, Kathy Detweiler. Detweiler is the woman anthropology professor who went on a rant about Otto Warmbier saying Warmbier deserved to die. She also went on to lump Otto Warmbier into a group of what she calls uh, rich white males who are privileged and they are people who were actually uh, raping drunk girls at frat parties, snorting cocaine, and violently threatening professors. The university distanced itself about a day after we started talking about this professor. The University of Delaware issued a statement saying that it values and respects, uh, it values respect and civility, and we are committed to global education and study abroad. Therefore, we find these comments particularly distressing and inconsistent with our values. Our sympathies are with the Warm Beer family. Well, good, good for you. And uh, that statement came out last week. Pretty much not enough, I don't think. You know, she's allowed to say it, but I don't expect a university to protect a professor who says something like this. I also wonder what the hell this professor was thinking when she made these charges about all these white, rich males who are raping drunken girls at frat parties, snorting cocaine, and then threatening violence against professors. If that happens, uh, you need to report that, madam. Don't think it was happening, or at least she wasn't aware of it. She did 
she did end up getting a note from the school saying, uh, you won't be coming back next year. So uh, the University of Delaware severed ties with the professor who ran her mouth in such an offensive fashion. Again, perfectly fine for her to run her mouth as long as she realizes it's perfectly fine for the university to say, you don't have to be here next year and we don't have to pay you. I think that's that's really a, a wonderful thing. So congratulations, Kathy Detweiler. You got to um, you got to express and flex your First Amendment muscles and the university got to flex. It's right. And I think it's obligation to its principles uh, to uh, create a better environment for students to learn based on some of the feedback on her Facebook page. This was not the first time Kathy Warmbier, or I'm sorry, Kathy Detweiler has said something offensive. In this case, it was about out of warm beer. It's not the first time she's said something offensive or rude to her students or about her students. So she's on the sidelines till further notice. Uh, speaking of being on the sidelines, I'm going to step aside. Uh, I'm fascinated with something after watching all of the Sunday shows. I'm fascinated with something that it managed to hit me yesterday. Why, why is the mainstream media avoiding some topics? They're big topics. Big topics. So remember, it's not what you're seeing and hearing. It's what you're not seeing and not being told. We'll talk about this after the break. Next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Just a reminder, it's Monday, and uh, if you were to call Relief Factor today and they got you your three-week quick start pack on Relief Factor, you know, it's $19.95 for a three-week quick start pack. If they were to get you your three-week quick start pack within a couple of days, you could get started, and usually seven to ten days after taking Relief Factor, people start seeing results. Uh, I'm talking about reduction of the pain in your joints. And for me, it was my knees and my hips and my back. I have irritation from inflammation, which causes pain. And since I started taking Relief Factor, and I, I know I've been goofy on trying to keep track of the weeks, I think this technically is the 12th week. This is the 12th week because I started it around the 7th or 8th of April. April, May, and now we're into June. Yeah. And uh, I started taking it three times a day. It's all natural. It's pre-packaged, so all you have to do is throw the packs in your bag. It's so easy. And uh, eight days into it, I stopped taking any painkillers. I've never taken prescription painkillers. I Over-the-counter, I was a regular eight tablets a day just to deal with it no more haven't taken one since that eighth day uh the number 800-500-8384 800-500-8384 i 
love what Relief Factor is doing for me, especially the fact that it is all natural and it has stopped my need to take those green gel cap tablets. Go to relieffactor.com or call them 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. It is Relief Factor. Now, let me tell you something I noticed. And I always like to try and pay attention to what's not going on, what absolutely is not happening on mainstream media news. And I know, I know you could say, well, that covers a lot of ground because there's so much going on in the world. Yeah. Yeah, but when, when a government official and a, and a government official's wife are investigated by the feds for something as serious as bank fraud... Don't you think that would warrant a little extra attention? Don't you think that uh, when a presidential candidate, nearly the nominee of the party, don't you think that when if that person were under a federal investigation and that person lawyered up, as they say, don't you think that would be one of the big topics you would ask them about on a Sunday morning talk show? Well, that was not the case this weekend. That was not the case as Bernie Sanders was on, um, on Meet the Press, ultimately the granddaddy of all the political talk shows. And so uh, I was surprised when, I, when I'm watching it, I'm thinking, okay, Chuck Todd's going to get this done. Chuck Todd is going to, uh, Chuck Todd's going to deliver. Chuck Todd's going to actually be the, uh, the investigative journalist I expect him to be. Instead, he gives Bernie Sanders a platform to uh, rail against the millionaires and billionaires, the 1%, and how they're going to get a tax cut. Here's Bernie from Meet the Press. When you throw 23 million people off of health insurance, people with cancer, people with heart disease, people with diabetes, thousands of people will die. There has not been one public hearing. The insurance company has not come forward. The American Medical Association has not come forward. There has been zero debate. So all of that's fine. You can let him get his talking points out. But I, I believe it's the responsibility of that fourth estate, this mainstream media, Chuck Todd, to say, tell us about the federal investigation that you and your wife are under for bank fraud. Tell us about it, Mr. Guy who took an $800,000 advance on his book. Tell us about it, the guy who bought the lake house. Tell us about it, Mr. Member of the 1%, almost to the millionaire and billionaire class. If he takes his book advance and his Senate salary and his wife's salary, guess what? He's among the millionaires and billionaires who will be getting a tax cut. Watch what's not happening. We need to hold their feet to the fire. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. 
Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is a Monday, and look, I, I, I'm looking towards this week with such great expectations. I am looking ahead to um, a great Independence Day weekend. I love Independence Day, and I hope I hope you get time. I know not all of us are going to get all the time off we want. But I, I hope you get the time. And I want you to look ahead and try and plan ahead and try and find, find the good stuff going on in your life. It's not all me hollering. There are some good things going on. Like today is, uh, I think today is Chocolate Pudding Day, isn't it? Yeah, National Chocolate Pudding Day. What could be bad about a day with chocolate pudding in it? I know no, I'm not going to go with the Cosby and the chocolate the pudding bops. No, but chocolate pudding day. Enjoy. Try and find a little bit of joy every day. If you get caught up in these gigantic spin-out arguments and craziness and all the yelling, you're going to miss some of the little stuff that is, uh, that is the, the daily food of life. I know I'm getting all I'm getting all heavy here just a half hour into the show. No, I just looked at this week. I looked ahead at this week and I said we're rounding the corner on one of those great American weekends, the celebration of our Declaration of Independence. I think, you know, I might need to get a second flag. I got the first flag out by the mailbox that goes up and down every day. Now, I'm thinking I might need to get a, a second bigger flag to mark, to mark this year. So, uh, and, and if you make it through the week, all you have to do is make it to Friday. If you make it to Friday and you're fortunate enough, because the way July 4th is this week, Independence Day happens on a Tuesday, many companies are doing Monday and Tuesday off. So you might have yourself a nice four-day weekend, and that means a three-day work week the next week. How great is that? Absolutely terrific. We will get into what, what the Supreme Court news means, uh, these, the decisions coming out of the Supreme Court. About an hour from now, we're going to uh, speak with a young lady who has some, uh, some perspective on the decision regarding uh, one of the religious decisions, it, it's not the cake baker decision, even though that's a hot, hot topic, uh, but it, it's, it's all about a church that was forced to do what other schools and churches that had playgrounds in the area were supposed to do and had to do, and yet they were excluded from the same treatment and benefits as other churches, why, as other uh, schools, because they were affiliated with a religion. So we'll, we'll get into that. We'll talk to uh, an expert from the Catholic Association, a representative from the Catholic Association, about the uh, Trinity Lutheran decision that came out of the Supreme Court today. It's kind of an interesting take on things. And it's geeky. So we have to get to that today. Um, there's some dumb news out there. Of course there's dumb news. Did you expect me to go through an entire weekend without dumb news? I want to talk about a, um, a field trip that I would really like to make 
to New York City. Now that we have left New York City, now that we have permanently removed ourselves from New York City, there is a, a property on the market in Harlem that I think would just be cool to take a walk through and see. I, I'm not interested in buying it. Uh, we certainly don't have the wherewithal to purchase a $4.6 million home. Not that I know of unless somebody's been holding out on me, but no. But it is the home where Harry Houdini lived. The great magician Harry Houdini lived on 113th Street in Harlem. It is uh, $4.6 million in the asking price. It is 4,600 square feet of home. And it currently... Currently, it's three apartments. It had been a three-story home where Houdini and his mom and his wife lived until he died in 1926. So he owned this home. He bought the home, first of all. He bought a 4,600-square-foot home in, in 1904, I think it was, for $25,000. At the time, it was considered to be ridiculous. That, that much money, especially for an entertainer. And this house had so much history in it, some of the history is still there in the, in the backyard because it's got a, I know what you're saying, New York City backyard, yeah. It's got a backyard with a, an oversized bathtub, a bathtub that was big enough for Harry Houdini to completely lay down and submerge himself where he would practice holding his breath for some of his tricks. The bathtub is still there because when they modernized the joint and turned it into the three apartments, they, I guess, put in new showers and stuff like that. But it, thank God they kept it. It's out in the courtyard. But there's all this interesting stuff in there. They found secret spaces in there. They were tearing down a wall and they discovered a stack of silent movie posters that Harry Houdini had in the wall. They think they were put there for insulation. Today, the movie posters would sell for about $30,000 each. Kind of interesting. I, I would love to see what's there. I would love to see. He apparently had some little secret ways to get in and out of the home. There were little, little hidden doorways. But I wonder if they've kept some of that structure that's still there. They had, um, they found cases of, of handcuffs that he used in the place. They said he actually gave away a lot of stuff to people who were just walking by. So I wonder. I wonder if we'll find out about the, the Harry Houdini house. If you're looking to see it, if you're looking to see it, um, it is... Um, 278 West 113th Street, built, um, built I guess, around 1904. And, and apparently it had his office, his home, his, his mom lived there, and his wife lived there. And then when he passed away, do you know how Harry Houdini died? I, if you've seen the movies, you probably think, oh, he died when he, he couldn't get out of the handcuffs underneath the water when he was submerged. No. He was getting ready to show how tough he was. He would do these feats of strength, if you will. 
and he he was um, getting ready to show how how many punches he could take. And before he was ready, before he was absolutely because he was set up and and tense up, before he had gotten ready, one of the guys who was helping him out thought he'd be funny and sucker punched him. And it ruptured his appendix. And it ultimately caused an internal injury that would kill Harry Houdini. Kind of weird that the guy, because of all the stuff you see, but he, he, he debunked all the, all the afterlife stuff. You know, he said he was always the guy that was saying he was debunking those mysteries. So I wonder what he would think about these ghost hunting shows that are on today. But if you're looking for a house, Harry Houdini's house can be had. And I'm sure, I'm sure we need to get one of those ghost hunting shows on the case to see it. Just a little sidebar, something weird that caught me today as I was trying to look ahead and say, what would be a good field trip this week? Well, I'd love to get a walkthrough of the Harry Houdini house. I don't know if we will. I'll keep you posted if I do. When we get back, uh, back to the real world of uh, crazy news. Bill Clinton was out and about. And he's, uh, he's talking about health care. Wasn't Bill Clinton the guy who said um, the health care system, Obamacare, was the craziest thing? And now he's out going to support it? Um, Bill Clinton was out and about. We'll get to that. And there were some real crazy things that happened in the last couple of days on airplanes and at theme parks. Airplanes and theme parks. You'll hear the audio that'll make you scratch your head and say, wait, what? I'll play it for you next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is a beautiful Monday here in the Northeast. I hope, I hope that it is a beautiful day in your neighborhood and take advantage of it. Enjoy it. Find magic. Find moments and, and maximize them and have some chocolate pudding today. It's chocolate pudding day. We're going to get into um, some explanations of what's going on out of the Supreme Court today. Uh, just about an hour from right now, we'll talk to Dr. Wendy about it. She's our lawyer friend. Uh, also going to talk to a representative from the Catholic Association about the ruling that uh, will help the church, the Lutheran church, not a Catholic church, interestingly enough. But there was some weird stuff going on this weekend. And uh, I don't know what's happening in the world of air travel, but it's been an odd couple of months, right? And uh, I'm sure you've seen or at least heard about this. I hope you've seen or heard about it. Uh, but but the, um, the situation with the plane that had the turbulence and uh, the turbulence that lasted for a very long time and the plane had to actually turn around and come back. The story is from the Air Asia flight. 
that uh, just, my gosh, I don't know what I would be thinking. 350 people on the plane. 350 people on the plane from Perth, Australia, headed to Kuala Lumpur. And uh, the pilot actually had to ask people on the plane to pray. Now, I don't know about you, but when the pilot, when the pilot is asking people on the plane to pray, I, I start getting a little bit nervous. The flight was going to be a long one. I think it was like six hours. But they said that during the flight, they heard what appeared to be some sort of a, a, a loud noise, as if something either hit the plane or something outside of, on the plane experienced a, a severe malfunction. But the plane... The plane was vibrating so horribly that the pilot made a comment on it. This is what the pilot said, uh, because someone actually smart enough got their phone out and started recording it as the pilot was making an announcement. And also, please uh, listen to the everything. Our uh, survival depends on the operating. Please listen to everything. Our survival depends... On your cooperating. Listen to the everything. Our survival depends on your cooperating. Hopefully everything will turn out for the best. Hopefully. And then... Listen to that vibrating. It sounds like a washing machine that's out of balance during a spin cycle. That is inside the plane. Now, if you've ever been in turbulence on an airplane, it's a little scary. And usually the turbulence lasts, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds, maybe a couple minutes at best. And the pilot goes, we're going to try and get around this. There was no getting around the turbulence. There, there was no getting past it. In fact, it lasted for two hours. They were apparently about two hours outside of Perth, Australia, when this happened, and they decided they needed to turn around and come back. And when they came in for a landing, they had no idea what was going to happen. So they had to assume crash position. Fortunately, everybody's okay. But my God, one person videotaped it, and now that videotape's obviously everywhere. But can you imagine... And then we go to the theme park. What are you doing at the theme park? The gondola that floats over Six Flags in New York. And this story made big news here in Delaware. Why? Because the woman dangling from the gondola was from Wilmington, Delaware. First of all, what are you doing outside the gondola? And the people on the ground gathered below and actually actually were able to break the woman's fall as she fell from 25 feet above the ground. And people are yelling and recording. Nice. Nice that they were able to catch that young lady and everybody's going to be okay with the exception of a couple of minor sprains. Might be some time to spend on a, um, a, a 
driving vacation as opposed to a flying vacation. And I'm also thinking, I need to stay out of theme parks. That's just me. Michael Pelka on Pure Opelka. We'll be right back after the break. Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is a Monday. We are uh, we are chopping through a bunch of Supreme Court stuff today, and we're also covering some different things because you can't just be all about the politics. Your life has to be more than just politics, or you're going to find people running away from you at parties. Not that I've experienced that lately. Um, but the, the issue at, at, at hand here is to cover politics and the important parts of politics, the things that we actually think will have an effect on your life, on our world, on, on our republic. And one of those this week is obviously going to be the health care bill, which, you know, not a whole lot really necessary to talk about with the health care bill until we get to the vote, until we watch some of the debate that's going on, until we hear any proposals. And is there actually any interest from the uh, from the left side of the aisle to have a open and honest discussion about it? So really, we could talk ourselves blue, but until the bill is uh, adjusted, amended, debated, and ready for a final vote, then really it's, it's just a waste of time. So everybody that's having these, these monster panel discussions about the bill, you're missing the boat here. There are firework Oreos to be trying. There is chocolate pudding to be happening, to, happening today. And I think we need to talk about something pretty interesting. The concept, at least uh, I think he's actually floating it, or maybe he's just flexing his billionaire muscles and messing with people, but the possibility of President Zuckerberg. President Zuckerberg, you heard me correctly. Mark Zuckerberg spotted in Indiana last week posting pictures of truck stop food and talking of the wonders of truck stops. They're like mini cities where truckers can stop and, and get a shower and do their laundry and get their dog cleaned and maybe even get their teeth worked on. It's as if somebody brought him out of his, his West Coast bubble and showed him how the flyover states live. Maybe Mark Zuckerberg would even listen to a little country music and learn about the world. But he's now being questioned or being speculated upon as a possible 2020 presidential candidate. Why not? Why wouldn't someone with that kind of wherewithal and ego think they could be president of the United States? It's not as if it hasn't happened once or twice before. So Zuckerberg out and about traveling around Iowa, do you think it's real? Do you think it's 
it's an actual toe in the water. Could Mark Zuckerberg actually be considering running for president in 2020? And if so, would it be his party? Would it be the Democratic Party? Certainly would not likely to be the Republican Party. Mark Zuckerberg, bazillionaire. Seriously. Would he run? I think he could run. But if all it takes to get media attention is for a, a very well-known figure to visit Iowa and say some nice things about the flyover states, maybe we, although I'm not well enough known, I was saying maybe we should do the show from Iowa for a couple of days. You know, it'd be funny if Glenn Beck did his show from a truck stop in Iowa. Then again, I think he would have to hire somebody who is um, a top political operator, David Fluff, or Pluff, or whatever you want to call him. I like to call him Fluff. David Pluff, the guy who was with Obama, the guy who was also advising Hillary for a while, he is now working for Mark Zuckerberg. Hmm, right? Anyone else? Anyone else take note of that? You're in Iowa. You're making some comments about what a wonderful part of the world it is and, and just how, how great truck stops are, which actually sounded just a little bit, a little bit condescending. Because, you know, frankly, uh, we visited the, the headquarters of Facebook about, what was it, about a year ago? A year, year and a half ago? Zuckerberg invited a bunch of conservative media people out. I happened to be in Dallas at the time, and Glenn said, come on, let's go. And met, met Zuckerberg, shook his hand, met Sheryl Sandberg, shook her hand, and they had this lovely little chat about how Facebook didn't want to be pissing off the conservative media space, and yet there they were, pissing off the conservative media people. So um, I, I think this may be part of his mea culpa, or maybe he thinks he can run the free world. Maybe. But so maybe Glenn Beck does a truck stop tour. I, I know Glenn's in California on business. He's doing whatever he's doing. And, and maybe, uh, maybe he should stop at a truck stop. I happen to know Glenn has stopped at truck stops. So it wouldn't be his first time. He wouldn't be marveling at it the way Zuckerberg did. And yet... Do you know what's really kind of strange about the Zuckerberg thing and how he was marveling at the, the diversity of opportunities at truck stops? Inside the Facebook offices, it's pretty much the same thing. If you go into Facebook, first of all, the campus, they call it, it's not really an office, it's a campus. The place is so big, there are bicycles inside that you can just take and ride from one end of the building to the other. If you have a meeting over way the hell over there, you can just pick up one of the many bicycles. They're like the beach big tired bicycles, you know, the big, t big fat tires. They're like beach, beach bikes, and you can just ride down to that side, put down the kickstand or put it in the, in the rack and then have your meeting and pick up another one on the way back. They have dry cleaning in the building for their employees. They have food, free food too, in the building for their employees. There is a Starbucks-like coffee shop inside the building. 
if you go up on the roof, there are three or four different cafes on the roof with the roof garden. Uh, there was even a grilled cheese stand on the roof at Facebook that is open a few hours a day. If you just want to take a break from your work and go up and get a grilled cheese sandwich. So I don't know why Mark Zuckerberg was so amazed at the truck stop, except for the fact that maybe they don't have a dentist office inside uh, the Facebook headquarters. Maybe, maybe we should keep an eye on that. If Facebook adds a dentist's office, I'm thinking maybe Mark Zuckerberg learned something from Iowa and the truck stop. And wouldn't that be amazing to realize that truck stops could have that kind of effect on a richy rich, uber rich bazillionaire like Mark Zuckerberg? Seriously. Could you vote for Mark Zuckerberg? Would that be the most ridiculous choice for president? You know, uh, we've heard from the guy from Shark Tank, uh, the guy who gave us Broadcast.com, Mark Cuban, the guy who was in Hillary Clinton's camp and at all of the debates sat in the front row staring at Donald Trump trying to be a distraction. Uh, could you vote for him? Are there any of the billionaires, well, aside from Donald Trump, that you could vote for? Interesting question, right? Is it finally down to the point where people who run for the White House are going to be the people who don't need the money? We often thought that that's what Mike Bloomberg was going to do. Bloomberg certainly doesn't need the money. Bloomberg had all that money when he was the mayor of New York. And now that he doesn't need money, he probably misses the power. So Bloomberg's out there still stirring it up, trying to get the Second Amendment cut down or cut out while he has his armed guards. But I wonder if Mike Bloomberg will consider a 2020 run. I, I think the Democratic Party would encourage him not to run because he would certainly be taking votes away from Cuomo or whomever ends or Elizabeth Warren or whomever ends up being that 2020 candidate. Just a little interesting sidebar as, as we see uh, Mark Zuckerberg traveling the country, but specifically making Iowa a stop just probably two years ahead of when he would need to announce, right? Maybe he announces sometime in 2019 after the midterm elections. Something to keep an eye on. When we get back, uh, we, we've been keeping an eye on a couple of other stories that we need to talk about. One of them is related to health care. Another one is related to this, this Washington Post story about Barack Obama and what he did or did not do. Plus, Bill Clinton was meeting with a bunch of mayors this week and at the mayor's conference in Miami. And um, he had some interesting things to say, especially about health care. For a guy who called Obamacare crazy, the craziest thing he'd ever seen, he had some interesting things to say about health care. And today, um, some interesting stuff in history happened on this day back in the day, and we will get to that as well when Pure Opelka returns. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I will tell you there is a ton of chatter about to get ramped up because the Senate released a revised draft of the health care bill and now wonks are pouring over it and you will see panels populated with people. But until there's a debate, until there is agreement and until there's a vote scheduled, this is just chatter and blather. And I'd rather look at some history and see important things that happened on this day back in the day. Now, it was it was June 24th, not, not today, not the 26th. It was June 24th in 1948. The Soviet Union put a blockade around Germany. So travel out of um, East Berlin into West Berlin was not permitted. They blocked roads, rails. And so uh, it, it meant that they were going to be um, starving people in East Berlin and uh, they're West Berlin. So over 2 million people in West Berlin were going to be without the usual food sources they have. So in response to that, it was on this day, June 26th in 1948, the U.S. started this massive airlift of food and water and medicines, and it was nearly a year that American planes kept dropping stuff to the two million people in West Berlin. Just a, an amazing, amazing story. Now, that, that happened on this date in 1948. Now you fast forward to, um, to John F. Kennedy and Kennedy traveling to Berlin and uh, making the uh, beautiful statement uh, from what do the math on it? Forty-eight to what was it? Sixty-three. Uh, that uh, JFK was standing in front of the Brandenburg gates with all of the the thousands of people there, June twenty-sixth in nineteen sixty-three, same day that we began in history began the Berlin uh, airlift to feed the people. You had the president of the United States standing in front of this massive crowd and the whole world watching. And he gave, well, this is a, it was a very brief speech, but this is the last minute of it. And that minute, I think that that rings true with so many people. The minute, the one minute that uh, Barack Obama tried to recreate and had some minor success on it. But for my money, they were talking about some different things at the time. Obama and Kennedy very different presidents, no matter how much Barack Obama wanted everyone to think he was like JFK. There are many people in the world who really don't understand or say they don't. What is the great issue between the free world and the communist world? Let them come to Berlin. Freedom has many difficulties, and democracy is not perfect, but we have never had to put a wall up to keep our people in to prevent them from leaving us. All, all free men 
wherever they may live, are citizens of Berlin. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the word, Ich bin ein Berliner. Kennedy puts his speech in his pocket and walks off. Thunderous applause. What a great moment. But more importantly, the statement that shows it all. If you want to understand the difference between freedom and communism, the, between, between the free market society that, that the West was pushing and communism, you just had to go to Berlin. And it was on display within a couple of feet of each other. You could see the effects of East Germany and communism, and you could see thriving West Germany. The same can be said today in Korea, where you can see the difference between North and South Korea. You can see the difference between an oppressive regime and a free market regime where now capitalism runs the country. That little moment from JFK, that little moment deserves to be played as often as possible. That little moment happened today, 1963. Today and also in 1948 was the, the day we started the Berlin airlift to make sure that the world, especially Berlin, knew that we had not forgotten about them. Just a, a little bit of history. Just around the corner, there's two things. Uh, it seems to be related to the release of the, the Senate's latest update on the bill, but there are many different uh, little decisions coming out of the Supreme Court. Dr. Wendy Patrick will be here at the top of the next hour to talk with us about the Supreme Court just a little bit. But there's another decision that relates to uh, a faith-based decision. Now, you, you've heard there was a cake baker decision that the court's going to hear the, the uh, Christian cake bakers. They'll hear their case in October. But there was a decision rendered today that relates to religious freedom from another organization. And I, I think this is a good sign. I think the fact that this was a 7-2 to decision bodes well for uh, those of us who believe that religion and the uh, the ability to live here and worship as you see fit as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else is still one of the greatest things about america so we'll get a representative from the catholic alliance to talk talk with us after the break plus the guy who put up the billboard that we tried to get a hold of on saturday we We've been playing phone tag. Our technology beat us up uh, on Saturday, but we think we have all the bugs out of the system, uh, and I, I hope we have. Uh, but we will, we will talk to uh, Kyle Courtney sometime, maybe just before the top of the hour or maybe in the middle of the next hour. It's going to be a busy rest of the show. And, of course, you're always welcome to join the conversation. 888 900-3393-888-900-3393. This is Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Of course, of course, we'll talk a little bit more about Obama doing nothing 
about uh, the the Russians. But w- there are some other issues going down today as there is much activity at the Supreme Court. There are decisions coming down. There are calendar appointments being made. There are rumors, whispers, speculation of a justice stepping down. And right now, uh, some of my friends who heard this same whispering out of Justice Kennedy last year are saying, no, 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 no. He likes doing this. He loves the attention. (laughs) So um, you could place your bets however you want to place them. I I don't know if Justice Kennedy is going to announce his retirement. It would certainly be interesting, and maybe our next guest does know something. Uh, She certainly has her ear to the ground. When it comes to uh, the discussion of things like the Supreme Court and as it relates to our religious liberty, Maureen Ferguson joins us from the Catholic Association today. Maureen, welcome to the program. How are you? Hi there. It's great to be on with you. And uh, we certainly are keeping our ear to the ground on the potential Kennedy retirement. Um, But it sounds, I mean, sort of the normal times at which he would announce that retirement seem to be slipping by. So my guess, and that's just a guess, would be that he's going to be around for another term or so. Doesn't doesn't it uh, or is the indicator the hiring of um, of uh, his support staff for the coming year and they usually let him go at the end of the term and he hasn't done that yet? Isn't that where the speculation comes from? Yeah, well, I mean, there's speculation, I guess, from a lot of different corners. And that is one of the things that people keep an eye on as to whether they're hiring clerks for the next year. Um, uh, But but normally today is the last day the court is officially in session. So normally by today he would have announced. uh, so, So just personally, it's just a guess. I think he's sticking around for another another term, but I could be wrong. Well, he has an interesting record because he's voted on on the left and on the right side of things. He was strong, I thought, on gun control. And hasn't he been strong on pro-life issues? Oh, Justice Kennedy has been all over the map on life issues. And in more recent years, he tragically has uh, been on the pro-abortion side. Um, start, starting actually many years back uh, in the, the Casey decision back in the 90s. He okay. landed squarely on the side of abortion. But he's, depending on the issue, he goes back and forth. He, he is the classic swing vote on the Supreme Court. So he, his retirement would give the president an opportunity to put another constitutional conservative in place, which would, I think, affect the court for decades potentially if you get the right person in there so um i'm kind of hoping that the president gets another shot at nominating another another candidate let's let's hope at least from from my end of things um well we'll see the president the president certainly did a fabulous job in choosing justice neil gorsuch so if he picks another one like that that would be a very good thing for the country somebody with uh, such outstanding credentials as our new Justice Gorsuch, the temperament that he has and the judicial philosophy of really looking at the Constitution and trying to interpret laws instead of uh, having judges writing laws from the bench, which they're not supposed to do. 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm very happy with his selection. We're talking to Maureen Ferguson, senior policy analyst at the Catholic Association. Now, interestingly enough, the decision came down today among all the action going on at the Supreme Court in favor of Trinity Lutheran Church, and it is a religious freedom decision, not quite directly, but indirectly. Uh, what's the elevator explanation, elevator ride explanation of this case, please? Okay, so the quick explanation is that the state of Missouri had a program to make playgrounds for children safer. And there was a Lutheran preschool that applied to this program in the state of Missouri to make their playground safer. But they were denied. They were perfectly qualified, but they were denied participation in this safe playground program um, to make a safer surface on the, the playground. A lot of moms might have noticed that the playground surfaces now tend to be that rubberized material. So when kids fall off the monkey bars, they don't break an arm. So um, the Trinity Lutheran uh, Preschool applied to this grant program, but they were denied simply because they're a religious school. So the, the government of Missouri was essentially saying, hey, we'll make playgrounds safe for kids at a non-religious school. But if you go to religious school, sorry, you're on your own. So this really amounts to discrimination against religious institutions. This has nothing to do with inculcating the faith or anything like that. It's simply for safe playgrounds. But yet the state of Missouri was going way too far in saying, sorry, you're a religious preschool, so you can't apply to this grant for safe playgrounds. So it, it and it's part of the reason this case is so significant is that in recent years, we've seen more and more of, um, you know, our government is supposed to be kind of neutral towards religion. But in recent years, we've seen a growing hostility towards religion and religious institutions and people of faith a government hostility, and that is completely unconstitutional. And the Supreme Court today said that the state of Missouri's denial to this uh, Lutheran preschool, um, in the words of Chief Justice Roberts, he said that was odious to the Constitution, and they ruled uh, against the state of Missouri and said that the, the Lutheran preschool has a right to apply for this grant just like anybody else, whether they're a religious school or a not religious school. We're talking to Maureen about some of the Supreme Court stuff going on today. Maureen is with uh, the Catholic Association as a senior policy advisor and also, you know, uh, has a connection to the government here. You're married to former Congressman Mike Ferguson, uh, and so you've watched Washington for a while. Does the current state of affairs surprise you, the division, the animus that uh, seems to be splitting us apart as a country? Well, honestly, it, it, it's, like not, it's really nothing less than tragic the way that Sort of the heated rhetoric has gotten so hot, and it has even spilled over into violence. And Congressman Steve Scalise, who's still in the hospital, you know, due to this gunshot wound. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's, he's a friend of ours. I mean, th this is tragic that people are so filled with hate that they would turn to violence to settle political disputes. 
This is a free country. People should be free to espouse their ideas. This is what our country was founded upon. So in Washington, people should be able to disagree without being disagreeable. We should be able to have, right, we should be able to have healthy, robust debates without, um, you know, without turning to, you know, the tragedy that we saw on that baseball practice field a few weeks ago. From your lips to God's ears, Maureen, and uh, before I let you go, one more quick question. With the decision that we've had out out of the Supreme Court today in the uh, Trinity Lutheran and, and some folks saying this bodes well for the argument of the cake bakers, do you even think we can make that connection or are those two far, those arguments so far apart? Well, just today, also, the Supreme Court agreed to hear the case of a Colorado cake baker yep. who who said that he was happy to bake cakes for, um, you know, birthdays or, you know, all kinds of. He's happy to bake cakes, but he feels that it is an imposition on his faith to be forced to bake a cake with you know, a cake topper that has, you know, two grooms or, or, or two brides. So, um, because this is part of his expression of what he does. So, um, the Supreme court, uh, because he was then sued, uh, the Supreme court has now agreed to take that case. So we're going to, we're going to see that next year. I see that. And they'll start arguing that in October, but I was just wondering in your opinion, does, does, does today's decision in favor of a group like Trinity Lutheran doesn't have any, uh, is it an indicator? Is it a, a sign towards what, where this case might go, or are they just too different? Well, th- they certainly have differences. Um, but t- today's case is certainly a signal that the government needs to, um, it, it, it's kind of a pushback from the Supreme Court on this growing intolerance of people of faith, saying that the government needs to step back and the government needs to be neutral with respect to people of faith. So um, so I, I would say it's a signal uh, in favor of religious liberty. The fact that today's decision was a seven to two decision. Uh, you had people like Justice Elena Kagan uh, voting to respect religious liberty in this case. Now, some of the justices and Justice Breyer also, who, you know, they tend to vote on the left, but they voted in favor of religious liberty today. Um, now, some of them made certain footnotes to kind of say, oh, but we're only talking about playgrounds in this case. Um, but I think some of the other justices were more broadly signaling that we should be respectful of people of faith and that faith institutions contribute to our society in in innumerable ways in terms of forming good citizens, taking care of the poor, the hospitals, the schools, um, all the charitable organizations that are faith-based, that these, you know, we should really be um, in, encouraging um, kind of working together for the common good rather than trying to push these faith-based faith I'm sorry, faith-based institutions out of the public square. And um, so anyway, it's a win for religious tolerance. It's a win for religious liberty. Um, 
although I will say that that the the case that the justices agreed to hear today of the Denver cake baker that does involve um, some you know di- different issues. So it is a distinct case in and of itself. Okay. Well, we'll keep an eye on it, and I hope I hope when the when things happen, you'll come back and speak with us again. Uh, Maureen, where's the best place to follow you on on Twitter or you somewhere else, or should we just go to the CatholicAssociation.org? You know, go to the CatholicAssociation.org, and you can follow our work in uh, promoting religious liberty. We appreciate you so much. Thanks for jumping on the phone with us today. Okay, great. Thanks. Take care. When we get back, oh, there's more out there. There's more craziness out there. Yes, and there are firework Oreos, but there might not be any left when we get back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Apparently, I'm in trouble with uh, some of you who listen to the show and some of you who not only listen to the show, but work alongside me. Uh, I did a little segment earlier in the hour talking about history. And of course, we went through the fact that on this date in 1948, we began the Berlin Airlift to make sure tragedy was averted after the communists were blocking West Berlin and we brought food and water and medicine and basically embarrassed the communists. And it was also on this day in 1963, Kennedy gave that famous speech that also showed the problems of communism. But because I did not mention the fact that today's the 20th anniversary of some dumb book about witches and warlocks and flying broomsticks. I'm, I'm not a sensitive person. So uh, to all of you Harry Potter freaks, um, sorry, I, I didn't realize that this was a national holiday, that it was 20 years ago today. You all got together and decided to make J.K. Rowling a bazillionaire. Uh, you know, that's I'm sure I know that's your choice. And as a as a, pr- a promoter of uh, the free market, it's your choice to do that and fund all that. But th- that's that's the anniversary today. And really sorry, this is a heartfelt apology to those of you who worship at the altar of Harry Potter and whatever the hell else he is. Sorry, I, I don't get it. And a note to Stephen Hawking. Uh, There's a story on The Blaze about Stephen Hawking and his dire warning to humans that we all need to leave the earth. Um, Two words to Stephen Hawking for his warning to all of humanity. You first, pal. Three words, actually. You first. When we get back, Dr. Wendy joins us, her usual spot. And uh, later next hour, we're going to hear from uh, a friend who uh, we just made, a friend in San Antonio who told ABC News the truth. (laughs) And he suddenly became 
a worldwide figure, whether he wanted to or not. That's next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. It is the third hour, and if it's a Monday and it's the third hour, that can only mean one thing. Well, it can mean several things. It could mean that we started a new week and we made it through the first two hours of the show. But I mean, things of substance. It means that we get our friend Dr. Wendy Patrick to join us, as she does every Monday as we chop through some of the the stories that we've got here. Uh, the stories that are breaking today, the stories that have been festering. You know Dr. Wendy, Wendy Patrick, Ph.D., and you need to go to wendypatrickphd.com, find out about her book, Red Flags, helps you spot those jack wagons in your life. That's not in the title, nor is it anywhere on the book cover. Although if ever asked for a, a uh, quote, a review quote, I would say, Dr. Wendy will help you spot the jack wagons in your life. And wouldn't that be a great jacket quote, Wendy? Or are you? Uh, just... I don't think it. I think it would be cut out of the jacket. But uh, it's a good endorsement <laughs> from you, my friend. So thank you so much. <laughs> oh, what! A, thank you for letting me down easily. <laughs> uh, what a day! What a cra- crazy Monday! I thought we were going to have a lot to talk about with uh, with the story about the Washington Post saying Obama knew and did nothing about Russia. And then we start getting all of this action out of the Supreme Court, including the the big one, uh, the travel ban. And they finally, the White House just finally answered my question because I was wondering, can you imagine you're on a flight coming here from one of those six countries and the Supreme Court drops this ruling? Do you get turned around? Well, apparently they said no, 72 hours after the ruling. Uh, right, and start... that's, that's to avoid that's to avoid the consequences that occurred. Remember when version 1.0 was rolled out, and you had people detained at airports and not being able to board planes. It was absolute chaos. And so uh, this is an effort to make sure that doesn't happen again. But Mike, this is a bombshell. Nobody thought it was going to go this way. Most people thought, well, they're going to keep the injunction in place. And then the big question was, are they going to actually take the case for cert? Everybody knew they were. It's so important. But this is unexpected. And you know, let me just uh, explain for your listeners what happened, because the whole ruling is phrased in double, triple negatives, so nobody's quite sure what happened. The Supreme Court lifted key components of an injunction, which means the travel ban can go back into effect. Now, remember, that it's not an indefinite ban. It was only 90 days, and the refugees a little longer than that. But the reason the Supreme Court did what it did is they wanted to make clear uh, the issues are, are a couple. They obviously the religion clause of the First Amendment, the due process clause, um, but they really are looking at the boundary of executive authority. And that's important because that doesn't just relate to this travel ban. Given the rate with which this president is looking at signing executive orders, the boundaries of his executive authority might well become relevant in other contexts as well. And so the court thinks it's important to rule on that. Well, I, I'm glad you explained that because I was trying to figure it out, too. 
And you know me, I my my <coughs> law degree comes from the uh, the University of Judge Judy every day at <laughs> four o'clock here, and sometimes you in always ask the very intelligent questions that are on the minds of your listeners because lots of people have been thinking. Well, wait a minute, won't the whole issue become moot by October, which is of course the time that the court's going to hear argument? But while maybe in this case they will, the larger constitutional issues are going to remain and are likely going to get uh, the president to the spotlight again as he continues to flex his muscles and, and issue these orders, this one, in the name of national security, which is a huge issue for the president, and it's not going to go away. Well, I wonder, and, and maybe you have some insight to this, uh, I haven't seen any notices of protests about this and i'm sure there will be because there were protests at the airport uh in in philadelphia and new york and los angeles and i'm sure in many other cities i'm i'm waiting to see what's going to happen uh but if you've heard anything and and if you're here from one of those six nations uh is there anything in that travel ban that was going to ask you to go back well, the intro is a great question, Mike, because the travel ban did expand a bit on version 2.0. Remember, that's the revised travel ban that the president put forth. But they also added a couple things. And to your point, while there's nothing, and of course, uh, I haven't read the whole ruling, but we haven't heard anything explicitly about what do you do if you're already here. It appears more to be how can you pre how can you be prevented from coming, and the ways that you can be allowed to come, and that's another thing, right? The, the um, security administration is going to have to be vetting people that want to come. You have to have a close personal relationship with a family member. You can also have a relationship with an institution that's formally hired you. Remember, part of the issue in Hawaii was that there was somebody um, that had been hired to teach. So they're going to be looking at nexus to really kind of zero it down and summarize it. Do you have a nexus either by virtue of a familial relationship or a professional relationship? It doesn't speak to what happens if you're already here. It seems completely geared towards what if you are seeking to travel here from one of the affected countries. Okay. All right. I can understand that one. I get that one. Now, in, I talked briefly uh, with, uh, just a few minutes ago with... Uh, one of the policy analysts from the Catholic Association about uh, the decision of Trinity Lutheran. And we were we we're just wondering, speculating on the rumors of Judge Kennedy stepping down and retiring and giving the president an opportunity to nominate another Supreme Court justice. Have you heard anything further on this? I'll tell you, I, yeah, can you imagine being in a position to where everybody is hoping, well, not everybody, but a substantial portion of the Republican Party is hoping you're going to retire? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come on. And, but it's true. It's true that that's the position Kennedy finds himself in. He is the one justice being a swing vote that you get people up there and every advocate is arguing directly to Justice Kennedy because they know he could go one way or he could go the other. So if he were to retire, you bet would be looking at some very contentious confirmation hearings, although probably ultimately being successful to staff the court with yet another conservative, not an off the charts conservative, because even certain Republicans wouldn't support that. But it would be it would be a steady stream of, uh, you know, people hoping uh, that he could nominate somebody of the ilk of Gorsuch. 
But whether or not he's going to retire, you know, your guess is as good as mine. And I think this weekend for the first time was really the, the a lot of people realized how close we might be to that eventual announcement that he's going to uh, hang up his robe, so to speak. Well, we had heard kind of last year that he was playing the same game with telling his clerks or, or the people who wanted to be his clerk for the coming year that he wasn't coming back. And uh, then he ultimately hired a new set of clerks and we went on for a year, but he's apparently playing the same game again. And maybe he just likes the attention, you know, maybe he just likes being in the spotlight. But yeah, who well, knows? I, he, I think he's I think he's in the spotlight enough as it is for his rulings and <laughs> on some of the landmark cases in which he participates. But, you know, it could be, and I know this is like a novel thought, maybe he's like the rest of us. He actually has a lot to consider in deciding when he's going to retire. I mean, the political aspirations of those lining up behind him are just one of many factors. I mean, he probably what, talks to, with his family about it. He probably looks at his health. He, you know, there's so many other things that go into the decision. Can you imagine making, Mike, your retirement decision in full view of the court of public opinion, given all the people weighing it? you know, one side or another. I mean, he probably is just like the rest of us and has a lot to consider in deciding is the time right. Well, I'm, I'm betting that he's not going to retire as much as I would like to see President Trump have another chance to nominate someone. I, I think uh, notorious uh, RBG is going to be the next one. I think Ruth Bader Ginsburg <laughs> is, is next to go. Although she is never talking about it. That is so interesting. She never talks about it and you know she's a couple of years older but hey you know she's still doing her thing and it'll be very interesting to see if you're right mike because we have often speculated that she's going to be first we'll see okay now i'm going to totally throw you for a loop i'm going to ask you a, a crazy question we didn't talk about because wendy and i actually exchange emails for those of you that think this is totally off the cuff no this blathering is planned my fumbling <laughs> around here is actually planned each week but today, I want to surprise Wendy. You surprise Saturday. me every week, Mike. There are always oh, surprise questions. <laughs> good, 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 good. Saturday, I asked one of my vital questions on Twitter about the right of a person, if they're traveling in coach and they discover the seats next to them are empty, are, should they be allowed to purchase those three seats in a row and create their own little private row? And uh, most of my audience, which I expected a libertarian-leaning audience, said, yeah, we agree with that. However, today there's a breaking story about a Colorado man who was flying with uh, two friends from Colorado to Las Vegas for a weekend getaway. And he's, he knows he's big. He bought an extra seat on the plane because... Well, he's considerate. And so he bought two seats next to each other, booked his flight on, uh, I'm going to name Spirit Airlines because they're in the story. And he got on the plane from Colorado to Vegas, no problem, came time to come home, and he went to board the plane, and Spirit said, oh, we gave away the extra seat. And he said, no, no, you didn't. And he was already on the plane, apparently, sitting in his seat with the extra seat next to him. And, and he is kind of a large guy. So uh, he would be one of those people whose mass 
and girth would spill out over into the seat next to him. But he tried to do the right thing. They told him, too bad, you can't have that. And they essentially told him, you're going to have to get off the plane if you don't want to give up your seat. He ended up being forced to get off the plane because he didn't want to be comfortable stuffed. He didn't want to be uncomfortable. And uh, they ended up refunding him both tickets and putting him on another flight. But uh, the embarrassment, he claims, is going to be worth something. Uh, Are we is he on the on murky turf or is he in a good shape here, do you think? Well, I'll say, you know, he was allowed to actually occupy two seats with no problem on the group's flight out to Las Vegas and then was humiliated in the fashion that you mentioned on the way back. Uh, this is, you know, there are many tort claims that arise out of scenarios where somebody is subjected to emotional distress, whether it's intentional or whether it's negligent. You know, this is one of those cases that our hearts go out to the, the guy. You know, he tried, like you said, he tried every way he could to do the right thing. And this is not unusual. This does occur. Uh, what is unusual is for Spirit Airlines or any airline to simply give away somebody's ticket. So, uh, you know, we don't have all of the information about how that happened with an accident, etc. Um, so, you know, the fact that he probably uh, really suffered a little bit more from this than you and I could possibly imagine, and some of the reports actually go into some of that, uh, what he was thinking and feeling at the time, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a settlement before we see a lawsuit in a case like this. Well, yeah, I think that would be wise for the airport to do that, and it probably cost them a lot less in the well, in the end. Well, they told him already. They're looking into the the circumstances. Obviously, they refunded both tickets, and they will work on, in Spirit's words, quote, making this right. So, mm, from past experience, we know what that looks like, and we hope that they will do the right thing. Well, that's that's a interesting translation, folks. That's legalese for he's probably going to get an offer. <laughs> And it's probably (laughs) going to save him from having to pay an attorney. Uh, But you brought up something really important, Wendy, that I hadn't even thought about. If they set the precedent by allowing him to fly the first leg of the flight, they're probably going to have to do something to compensate him. That I hadn't even thought about the fact that they themselves are the ones who uh, let it happen the first time. So, uh, yeah. Good, good, good to well, one pay of, attention. One of the other things they'll probably um, bring up is, you know, there are lots of, lots of, and it doesn't, I'm assuming he blew spirit out there. Uh, but one of the things that it brings up is, you know, you and I both know, because we both travel all over the country all the time, that there are certain travel days that are so much more difficult than others. You talk about Fridays, Mondays, Tuesdays, et cetera. It wouldn't surprise me if airlines had different policies regarding overbooking type scenarios and releasing seats based on the time that you're traveling as well. So just one more thing to toss into the mix. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on this one. But thank you, my friend. I appreciate you weighing in on the Supreme Court and joining in on this week's surprise question of the week. I will try and do another one. Uh, well, next week I'm it's going to sure be. I'm not sure we uh, set precedent by surprise by surprise questions every week. <laughs> I'm but just grinning. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just grinning. Dr. Wendy Patrick, Ph.D., wendypatrickphd.com. Find her online, follow what she's up to, and then join her again when she's here after the holiday on Monday. What is that, the 10th? Yeah, we'll be here July 10th. Thanks, Dr. Wendy. Sounds sounds good. Always a pleasure. And we'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. I need to say hello and welcome and thank you to a new sponsor of this show. It's a, a, a brand new innovative group that is doing something really smart. And uh, I always test out stuff that comes to this network. I put them through the Opelka ringer. And so I, I want you guys to understand I'm going through this entire process to make sure it's right and it's working. And I want to say hello and welcome to healthiq.com. And if you want to know more about it, you need to go to our page, healthiq.com slash blaze. Healthiq.com slash blaze. What is it? Well, it's, it's a way to get insurance that makes sure it rewards people that are smart about their health, are educated and making good choices about health-conscious lifestyles. And it came from a group of people who said, look, why is it just your age and your gender and whether or not you're married? It's got to be more about your health IQ, kind of like understanding your health footprint. And so I actually contacted, when, when we heard they were going to be sponsors of the show, I actually contacted healthiq.com slash blaze. And I, and I filled out, I took the quiz, I filled out the form, I spent 10 minutes on the phone with one of their advisors, and they worked out an insurance plan for me that not only was cheaper than anything I'd seen, but it offered me more coverage than I was offered. Look, I, I don't go running anymore, but I walk a lot, I play golf, I try to eat well, I haven't had tobacco products in, in years, probably 20 years, and I try to be healthy. And they said, well, based on what you do and where you are in your life, we can offer you this. So if you're looking for, you can get a free quote. You can learn more. Go to healthiq.com slash blaze, healthiq.com slash blaze. You can see what they're all about, how this company thought, we need to tap into healthy people, health conscious people, and get them better deals on insurance. So you can take the test and see. And, and they, I'll tell you, the people were very thorough, friendly, and what they came up with, it was so smart for me that I'm gonna pursue it. And I'll tell you guys exactly how it works. I'm actually having, and, and you know, I guess the, the final step, they come over and they check you out health-wise, they take blood, they check your heart rate, etc. So I'm going to go through it, but if you're looking for insurance that makes sense, healthiq.com slash blaze. Take a look. Tell me what you think. I'll, I'll give you updates as we go on. Just around the corner, I want to introduce you to a guy I met on the phone last week. I feel like I met an old friend. He's the guy who took money out of his own pocket and put up a giant billboard outside of San Antonio that said, hey, ABC News, Russia didn't elect Donald Trump. I did. We'll talk to him and we'll hear about why he did it and if there's been any blowback. That's next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
Welcome back to Piero Pelka. Chris, I'm worried about Chris Salcedo. Chris Salcedo sounded a little bit angry there, didn't he? He sounded just a, just a touch wound up today. And, you know, it's Monday. He's got to get through the whole week. <sighs> Chris, calm down, sir. Calm down. Take a calm and peaceful approach to things. Take a page out of my book. Breathe, relax, and, and then eventually scream and holler about things. Uh, boy. Over the weekend, we, we had a little uh, a, a scuttled attempt to have this next guest on the program. Uh, he is a gentleman. I, I saw who he was when I saw the billboard he posted just a few days ago. I guess it went up Wednesday morning. Uh, on a, uh, a very large billboard outside of San Antonio. And as a guy who's lived in San Antonio and driven that, driven that road many times, I was like, wait, wait a minute, I know where that is. That's on the way to uh, Bernie, and, and I know that area. And I probably have driven by the business. So I tracked down Kyle Courtney, and we actually had a talk off the air, and then... We were scheduled to have a talk on the air, but we had a technical meltdown on Saturday morning. So between his his Fox and Friends appearance and his appearance with Neil Cavuto, we were supposed to get a few moments with Mr. Courtney, but uh, it got delayed till today. So Kyle Courtney, welcome to Puro Pelka officially, sir, a few days later, but nonetheless, more even maybe even more appreciative of your time. How are you? I'm doing very well, Mike. Thank you very much for having me. Well, it's good to hear your voice. Now, Now, this billboard, is it still up? It is still up. It's going to be up for two months. Um, it came up last Tuesday, and it's going to be up for two months. So uh, I'll have most of the summer. Wow. That's, uh, that's interesting. Kyle put up this billboard, and it reads in big red letters, very big red letters, ABC News, and then in, in blue or uh, sort of a, yeah, blue, purple. I grew up with you. We are through. The Russians didn't elect Donald Trump. I did. And I, I, I'm sure this is born of a little frustration, but the, the question I wanted to ask you publicly, Kyle, was ABC, you singled out ABC News. You didn't put MSNBC or CNN up there. Um, who are those guys? <laughs> so I take it you're not, you're not a big cable news watcher. Um, I know who they are. Um, uh, I singled out ABC News uh, because they were just like just like I said on the billboard. They're the people I grew up watching, and I trusted them. And um, you know, part of the family. And when you see someone that you, you've grown up with and who's been there with you when you eat dinner every afternoon, every evening, and you see them go in a direction that you don't think is a very smart direction, you kind of want to let them know. And that's, that was what the uh, attempt to, I was trying to get across when I put up the billboard. Um, family member has gone astray. <laughs> well, you let them know in a very large way. Uh, <laughs> I know billboards aren't cheap. Uh, did, was this a decision that uh, you made independently, or was this something you had to debate about making? Um, 
I, I, I think it'd be rude to ask you how much it costs, but I know they're not cheap in a couple of months of a billboard. It, that might buy the Tesla I was looking to get, or at least a nice down payment on the Tesla I was looking to get. It won't buy a Tesla, and it, it is not cheap. Um, but I, 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 for a long time, I, I thought about how I was going to let my feelings be heard. And, um, you know, you drive by those billboards every day, and it just seemed like an old-school way to just get my message out there. And the, the support has been amazing. So many people. I, I went to the, the little place this morning. They were working on my car. And um, the car's been there for a couple of days. I guess long enough for people to, to drive by the billboard and, and hear on Fox and Friends what's going on. And, and I, was, I was walking up towards the, the mechanic shop, and I heard someone from the back yell, Hey, come here. Hey, come here. And when I got, I got closer, I, I looked in, and there's five or six mechanics usually in there. This is a top-level top shop. I mean, seriously, they do good work, and um, and I looked around, and, and they were kind of gathered in a huddle, and I walked over there to the talk to the guy I wanted to visit with, and they turned, and I tell you, man, almost brought a tear to my eyes. They gave me a, a round of applause, and um, oh, that's nice. It really was. It just it, you know, the 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 support has been overwhelming. It's been ninety nine percent positive. I had a couple of had a couple of Facebook posts that were not that pleasant. I don't I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook. My, my daughter had to show me how to look at them, but um, but the emails and the phone calls and the people that have just people I don't even know who stopped me on the street to shake my hand. A guy almost broke my hand yesterday shaking it. It's just <laughs> it's really been a beautiful thing. Um, well, I, I knew that I was going to shake some things up. But I didn't know that people were going to come to me with tears in their eyes. That well, it's, that that was new. That was something that's that a, really feel like American. That's a wonderful reaction, and the voice you're hearing is Kyle Courtney. I know he's been on Cavuto's show. I know he's been on Fox and Friends on Saturday morning, and he's joined us here on the Blaze. Are you are you showing up anywhere else, Kyle? And have you heard from ABC News? No, I have not. Um, I responded to two or three. Um, oh, the Huffington Post, uh, and they uh, they did pretty much what you would expect. But I will. I got to give those guys just a little bit of kudos. Um, they resisted putting in the last two or three paragraphs. As a matter of fact, they posted it without those paragraphs. And we called them and said, "Look, this is exactly what we're talking about. If you're going to tell the story, tell it." in a factual way, and tell the whole thing. And um, if you go to that, that, that post, you'll see they actually added the last three or four paragraphs. I'm not a fan of the Huffington Post, but uh, on, the, on the liberal side, those are the only people I've talked to. I've, I've given several interviews. I've, done, I've talked to so many different people. Uh, Mike, i got to tell you, I don't even remember who all it was. It's been... It's been a blur since I put that billboard up. <laughs> well, 
It's it's interesting what happens when you stand your ground and you do it with uh, a principled stance and you do it without being rude. You did it with with clear clarity, I think, and honesty and brevity. And I think those often get a point across quicker. And I really think you there was a second lesson here, Kyle, not just the billboard and you expressing your opinion, but what you did with Huffington Post and calling them out and say, hey, guys, if you want to be fair, tell my whole story. You held their feet to the fire and they actually responded. And I think that's the lesson all of us need to say is don't just take it laying down. Be polite. Be honest. Call them on on it when it's Bravo Sierra. And nine out of ten times, I think those people will answer and respond to a reasonable argument. So good for you, sir. I'm, I'm appreciative of you telling that side of the story because I didn't know that one. Uh, that's great to hear. Would you do it again, Kyle? Um, I, the first day I got 15, 20 emails on people who wanted to pitch in money. The second day I probably had a hundred people emails, um, stating that they would specifically add money to the cause. It's, it's not really something that I want to do again. Um, I don't want to buy billboards all over the country with different messages. I think that, the I think less is more in this case. I think that one little billboard is uh said what I want to say. I'm I'm not a I'm not a, a, a guy that looks for the limelight and it's not I just wanted to I just wanted to let ABC News know how I felt and um we'll we'll see what happens next. But uh I, I wanna thank those who offered money very much and I wanna thank all those people that, who thought that this was something that we could spread around. Um, maybe someone wants to do that on their own. That's obviously their choice. But this is uh, not my, my primary business. Well, you're a, you're a fine example, and I appreciate you may, being persistent and giving us a second chance to get you on the air. And you're, you're one of the types of people I miss most about Texas, people that are just there to be honest about it, and you're not out there to raise a lot of sand and and make a lot of noise for your own behalf you're just trying to point out what's right and what's wrong and i think you see the splash that's made once that honesty is is brought forth but thank you kyle it, it really is a great message and a great job sir mike uh, you're very welcome and uh, um, i appreciate those kind words you have a great day and st please stay in touch now that we're facebook friends you know i'll be bugging you all the time <laughs> i'll look forward to that um, have a great America. Thanks for the response. You got it. Have a great Monday. We'll be right back on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Been kind of a crazy day. We've been all over the place trying to monitor whatever was breaking out of the Supreme Court. And of course, if there's more, we'll get to it tomorrow. A bunch of things to get to tomorrow. I have a strange news story tomorrow that I'm going to have to give to you. Uh, I also want to address the fact that 
Pride Month got hijacked. Pride parades got hijacked and turned into political hate fests. That's so sad. You know, the, the, the tolerance of one another and the... I, I don't care about gay lifestyles. Just don't inflict it on me and I'm not going to inflict mine on you. And it, It's just that now we've turned Pride Day into angry political parade day. And it's just, I think, going to help tear us further apart. So it's kind of sad that happened yesterday. Uh, just really sad. The other weird story, this, this came out of Pakistan. 150 people died because of an oil tanker that exploded. This was so crazy. This truck, which had like 5,500 gallons of fuel, it had a, a little bit of an accident. It was leaking fuel. And the nation, the area is so starved for gasoline that people swarmed to pull up to the area where the gas was leaking out of the truck. And I guess nobody was paying attention to the fact that the truck had an accident and it exploded. And all those people that were there trying to get a free tank of gas ended up victims of the explosion. Wow. What a terrible story. And it's just so bizarre. There, there's other weird stories going out there, too. They're coming in from everywhere. A, a, a New Mexico TV crew was shooting footage for a story about the, the latest increase in crime in the area. Uh, they were out filming in downtown Albuquerque. You know, doing one of those things where the reporter stands up and gives the report. We're here in downtown Albuquerque where crime has been on the rise. While they were doing the report, somebody stole the station van. Stole, <laughs> stole the station truck. Uh, guess what? Guess which crew made the evening news all over town? <laughs> Not, not just covering their own stories, but covering, <laughs> covering the entire crime spree. They were victims of the crime spree. And uh, finally, a good news story about the, that WannaCry computer infection. Remember the one that hit last month and it was shutting down computers everywhere. A lot of them in, in uh, England. Apparently, Australia got hit by the WannaCry computer virus too it would freeze a computer and say that uh, you can't get access to your computer until you pay the ransom well the hackers hit the the computers in melbourne australia the ones that control the traffic cameras and take pictures of people's license plates as they blow through red lights and issues all those tickets yeah all of those computers got hit by the wanna cry virus <laughs> And they couldn't get their, their hard drives back. So apparently close to 600 speeding and red light fines will be forgiven. So lucky you if you happen to be going through the red light camera and the wanna cry virus hit it. Serious stuff. Thanks to Dr. Wendy. Thanks for the folks at the Catholic Association for trying to give us a little, uh, a little street cred on the Supreme Court decisions today. And thanks to Kyle Courtney, uh, just an average guy.
who stepped up and expressed his opinion with that sign telling ABC News, we're not going to take it. And also for telling Huffington Post to tell the whole story. Interesting, when he did stare down Huffington Post, they did tell the whole story. That's the real lesson here. Don't be afraid to stare down the bully. They usually back down. Till tomorrow, testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.